Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. The message this morning, God of revival. God of revival. Say revival. I want to talk to you about that word revival. We hear that word revival more and more in the day and time that we live in. And I get it. I understand why. Especially when you look around at the condition, spiritual condition of the church and the spiritual condition of our nation. I see why we're hearing more and more about this word revival. And I want to also remind you today that I'm very uh, optimistic. I'm hoping and believing for a great revival in these last days. I'm believing for a great revival I'm believing God to continue to open up the heavens and and, uh, pour out his blessing and God to uh, help the church to go forward not uh, in fear but in faith I'm believing in these last days there's going to be a great revival now last Sunday we had a very special uh, guest uh, Lee Grady evangelist Lee Grady excuse me Lee Grady where he's from in Georgia he's Lee Grady here in Mount Olive, North Carolina Evangelist Lee Grady was with us and he preached a powerful message last Sunday here in this pulpit and he mentioned some things to us in that service last Sunday about some great revivals in the past that took place that really made a great impact on this nation. And he went through several of those revivals. I'm not going to share all of them today. But he came to the conclusion that what we need in our nation today, if our nation is going to survive, we need another Pentecost revival in our land. Lee Grady shared that message. And then this past week at Falcon, through the camp meeting services, and just a powerful time Uh, from Sunday all the way through Wednesday night at Falcon Camp meeting with the services. But in one of the services, uh, Hans Hess, one of the preachers that was there, he reminded us that we need the God of revival to revive us so we can keep moving forward in these most challenging and chaotic times in our life. Friend, we are living in some challenging and chaotic times. I know you know that. But how many of you have a desire to keep moving forward through it? And we're going to need God to revive us so we can keep moving forward as things continue to become more of a challenge and even become more chaotic in the world that we live in. And then later on in the camp meeting, there was a word that was spoken over the church. I really believe it was a word from the Lord in one of our services. There was a gentleman under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I believe, being led by God. He came up and he he shared that we are getting ready to experience a great revival. We're getting ready to experience a great revival and that great revival has a condition to it and it will happen and it will come and only will come when we invite Jesus back into our lives and back into our churches. That revival will start when we begin to invite Jesus to be Lord over our life. Yeah, he's my savior, but he needs to be Lord over all of my life. And then in that same service that night, at the very end of the service, the the word of the Lord came to the church again. And I appreciated what the Lord said to us. 
that there would start a revival that we would experience and it would, it would be a wave of revival. It would be like waves of revival and it would begin in North Carolina. And those waves of revival that would begin in North Carolina, they would begin to have an effect and an impact, a ripple effect all the way out throughout our nation and also into other nations as well. I say, Lord, let it be so. I say, Lord, do it again. Hallelujah. Come on, can you clap and say amen? Amen. I say, Lord, do it again. I, listen, I believe the only hope, and I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Jimmy, you need to work on your parenting skills, son. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Y'all should have seen how fast he handed off that baby. <laughs> oh, listen, truly. I believe like many other people that are here in this worship center today, I believe that the only hope for the American church, notice I said that, I believe the only hope for the American church is true revival. I believe the only hope for the America, the nation that we live in, the only hope for us is a true revival. I believe that. How many of you here today, I want to ask you this question. How many of you desire a great revival in your life? Would you just lift your hand would you be willing to say, that's me? I, I desire revival in my life. We, listen, this is what I found to be true. A lot of us, we don't mind saying the word revival, but when it seems like something happens from our mouth to our actions because we say we want revival, but sometimes our actions never indicate that we truly have a desire for revival. We say we want revival, but we never fully allow the Lord to interrupt our lives. We say we want revival, but we never allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. We say we want revival, but we never allow God to move us to a place of full surrender and obedience to His will and His ways for our life. My question is this morning, how can we expect Almighty God to revive us if we're not willing to surrender everything about our life to Him? How are we going to expect God to revive us if we're not willing to surrender everything about our life to Almighty God? Listen, I believe that if we're going to experience the last day revival, God's people must be willing to come to the altar of God and lay themselves on the altar of God and say, here I am, Lord, crucify me that I no longer live, but it's Christ living through me. It's God's people who want revival, who will lay upon the altar and say, here I am, Lord, send me anywhere you want me to go. It's God's people coming on the altar and saying, here I am, Lord, I want your will to be done, not my will to be done. And that's the only way revival is going to come. When you come to a place here on the altar of God and you say, Lord, it's no longer about me. I want you to lead my life. And we must be willing to surrender. Surrender. Can you say surrender? surrender. We must be willing to come to the altar of God, to that place and, and say, I surrender, Lord. I surrender. And I want you to revive me. Some of you may be thinking, what is revival? What is revival? I could, we could go around the room today and everyone could give a definition of revival and those definitions would be correct. Revival is about being renewed. It's about being refreshed. It's about being awakened. It's about a new fire coming in you. It's about uh, new things in your life. Re but I want to give you a definition of revival today that's going to really uh, come from a scripture that I'm about to share with you. And here's my definition of revival that I want you to hang on to today. Revival is when God, when the glory of God's presence fills the house of God. 
Revival is when the glory of God's presence fills the house of God. You could say it this way. Revival is when the manifest presence of God fills his temple. And you remember what Paul said. We are the temple of God. You are the temple of God. You are the temple of God. You're the temple of God. You're the temple of God. I'm the temple of God. And revival is when the manifest presence of God, his glory, comes and fills his temple. And that is us. Paul said these words here. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Hello, God's spirit lives in you. So what does that mean for us? Well, that means that revival is when you and me, we're the temple of God. It's when we experience the manifest presence of God's glory, God's power, God's fire, God's love, God's holiness falling on us in a very personal way, but also in a corporate way as a church. That is revival. That is revival when the, when the glory of God and the fire of God and the holiness of God and the love of God and the grace of God, it falls on us. And there's a manifestation of his glory, his Shekinah glory. We see this all throughout the New Testament, the manifestation of the presence of God falling on his people. We see it in Acts chapter 2 when there was a manifestation of God's power through the Holy Spirit upon Peter's life when he stepped out of that upper room and under the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit, he went and he preached the gospel with fire. And when he preached the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the manifest presence of God fell upon them people and they were convicted in their heart and Thousands were saved. Friend, that is revival. That's revival. We see in Acts chapter 10 in Cornelius' house. Peter comes in there. And while he's in the house, the manifestation, presence of God, the power of God, the fire of God falls on Cornelius' house. And the Bible says that Cornelius and his household, everybody was saved and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's revival. And then we see in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in a jailhouse and the the manifest presence and the power of God, it falls on that jailhouse and it becomes a jailhouse rock. There's an earthquake going on supernaturally and because of the power and the fire of God falling on that jailhouse, prison doors are open, shackles fall off and people are saved. Friend, that is revival, hallelujah. And you know what I say? Lord, do it again, do it again, Lord, do it again. We need... We need a God of revival to revive the church, the American church in the last days. Lord, start right here in Mount Olive, North Carolina, at Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness. Start right here. And that wave of revival, I pray it would just flow right out of here, all across this nation and to other nations. I want you to follow along with me just for the next few minutes. I want to share a passage with you, a very familiar passage. I'm sure all of you especially when we pray for revival, is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I want to pull in some different verses, though, at the beginning here and just show you a picture of revival, a picture of revival. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, listen to this. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That's a picture of revival right there. When Solomon finished praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the place, filled the temple. 
the priest could not even enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord saying, He is good and His love endures forever. Friend, that right there is revival. Solomon here, King Solomon, who was David's son, we know in the scriptures he is the one who built the temple of God in Jerusalem And after this temple is built by Solomon, Solomon falls on his knees and he lifts his hands up to the heavens and he begins to pray a powerful prayer. You can find that prayer in in chapter 6 of uh, 2 Chronicles. And you can see that Solomon is crying out to God and he's praying to God and he's dedicating the temple back to God. And after this powerful prayer, you will read in your Bible that the Bible says after he prayed that the fire of God fell on that place. The fire of God fell upon that place and the glory of the Lord filled that place. And church, I declare today, we need the fire of God to fall on us again. We need the fire of God to fall on the church again. We need the fire of God to fall on our communities again. We need the fire of God to fall on our schools again. We need the fire of God. You know, some of you need the fire of God to fall on your homes again, in your marriage again. Some of you need the fire of God uh, at your workplace. We need the fire of God to fall upon this nation today. We need the fire of God to fall. We need the fire of God. Amen. Amen. I'm glad one person's excited about it. We need the fire of God more than we need a church vision or mission statement. We need the fire of God more than we need a a church growth seminar. We need the fire of God more than we need church programs. We need the fire of God in our worship services. We need the fire of God in our preaching. We need the fire of God in our prayers. We need the fire of God in our prayer services. We need the fire of God to ignite revival in us in a personal way, but also in a corporate way as a church. Listen, please hear me. More than ever, we need the fire of God to fall on us and the glory of the Lord to fill us in the day that we're living in right now God do it do it God and then you skip right over to verse 11 Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and he also finished the palace and the word says that he had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord in his own palace And then notice in verse 12 that Solomon's been praying and Solomon's been seeking the Lord and now the Lord is about to uh, appear to Solomon. He's about to respond to Solomon and listen to what the Lord says. He appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send plague among my people. If my people, when they're going through that, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you just to notice a few things here. I want you to first notice the price before revival. I want you to notice the price before revival. 
In verse 13, the Lord says, when I, when I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain or command locusts to devour the land or if I send a plague among the people, the Lord has appeared to Solomon and he's appeared to God's people and he's given them this condition. He says, listen, if you live for me and you, and you follow me, you're going to be blessed. But Solomon, I'm warning you and I'm warning God's people. If you turn your back on me, the Lord, and you begin to follow out the other gods with the little g, and you begin to worship idols, I'm here to tell you there's going to be a price to pay. He's telling them that there's going to be a discipline that will come. There's going to be a chastisement that's going to come. There's going to be a judgment to come. There's going to be a price to pay if you turn your back on God. And the Lord reminded Solomon that there's a price to pay for rebellion. There's a price to pay for rejecting God. And he gave them these three prices that they would pay for turning away from the Lord. One of them would be drought. One of them would be pestilence. And one would be plagues. And church, can I just say to you today in a loving way, but also I'm, I'm warning you, I'm warning you, please hear my voice. I'm warning you that if you continue to turn away from the Lord and you keep living in sin, there's going to be a price to pay. There's going to be a price to pay. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death and sin will destroy you. Sin will separate you from God for eternity so God help us not to turn away from the Lord and help us to uh, not live in sin but to, but to live for God and surrender to God and I want you to know this too I believe, I truly believe now I could be way off target here but I feel like I feel like there, there, there's, gonna, there's a price that we're already paying there's a price that we're already paying there's going to be a price. Listen, I really believe there's going to be a great revival, but I believe there's going to be a big price to pay before we experience the revival. All you got to do is look at what's going on all around us in our world today. It don't take nobody prophetic to tell you that. Look at the troubles we're going through. Look at the problems we're going through. Look at the challenging times we're facing. Look at the chaos going on in the world. You can name them just like I can. Friend, I believe that we're paying the price before the revival. We're paying the price. Listen, we're paying the price today because I believe we have turned our backs on the Lord. I don't imagine anybody's going to stand up and shout amen. But we're paying the price today because we as God's people, the church, we are the ones that have turned our backs on the Lord. We're paying the price today because the modern day church has run Jesus out of the church. Now I know you find that hard to believe, but I'm telling you in some places, churches have run Jesus out. You remember the story where Jesus came in? and had the, uh, the whip and he flipped over tables and he ran them out of the house and he said this is my father's house and it shall be called a house of prayer well I believe today that they've come back in and they've tried to set up the tables again and now some modern churches have run Jesus out and there's going to be a price to pay when you run Jesus out of your church we're paying a price we're paying the price because the modern day church has allowed the homosexual movement to hijack the church we're paying the price because the modern day church have, have, have got blood on their hands from the murder of innocent babies. Friend, listen to me, please. We value all life 
from the womb to the tomb. It don't matter. We value all life. Everybody matters to God. Everybody is a gift from God. But there's going to be a price to pay for all the babies that have been murdered in this nation. And the church has sat by and said nothing and done nothing. With some churches even standing alongside, and I'm just going to say it, even stand there and join hands with organizations like Planned Parenthood and would say they're in agreement to abortion. How can you be a man or a woman of God and stand there and say you're for abortion? There's going to be a price to pay. There's going to be a price to pay for every modern church in America today that's saying it's okay to sin. Friend, if you're in sin, it's not okay to sin. Stop sinning. You have a merciful Father who will forgive you of your sins. Turn to Him today. There's going to be a price to pay. And God forbid that we would be a church that would make mockery of God. But I'm telling you, friend, there's going to be a price to pay for the churches that are making mockery of God. And I pray that this church will never make mockery of God. Listen, I've seen some things going on in other churches, and I'm talking about some that are right here in our very own community. And people send me this information, and some people think it's funny. But when you send it to me, you know what it does? It breaks my heart to know that churches are making a mockery of Christ Jesus in His church. No wonder America's staggering. No wonder our nation is staggering because the American church is staggering. God help us. Please hear me. I'm, I'm, my heart was, Lord, please don't make this some kind of doomsday message. And Lord, let them know that there's a heart of love here speaking to them. And I want to remind you, please hear me. Listen, the God that we serve, the God that we worship, God is love. And, and listen, God is merciful and God is gracious. And thank God, He's a God who forgives sin. Hallelujah. But never forget this, please. Never forget that God is also holy and God is righteous and God is just. And I'm here to tell you, friend, He is not going to sit by and tolerate the compromise and the rebellion of His church. There will be a price to pay. There will be a price to pay before true revival comes. And I believe this too. That the, the, the price that we pay, I believe God was going to use that to move us back to a place where we fall on our, our knees in repentance to Him. God's going to use that price that we have to pay before revival. He's going to use it to move us to a place where we're praying again. He's going to use that price that we're going to pay before revival to move us to fall on our knees and say, Here I am, Lord, I surrender. He's going to use those prices that we have to pay before revival to move us to a place where we fall down on our knees and say, Lord, use me. I'm here to obey you no matter what you ask me to do. He's going to use those prices to pay to move us closer to Him. Thank God that He does. You know, it was a beautiful thing. We dedicated Elena this morning to the Lord and two other precious babies in the first service and when I think about those kids and how precious they are and I think about my own children and listen it don't matter how old they are they're still your babies can I get an amen, amen. alright I thought I'd get something there it don't matter how old they are 
And I know all of you have, some of you have children and grandchildren. And I'm, listen, I'm hoping and I'm praying for the sake of your children, your grandchildren, my children, the generation coming up behind us. I am trusting and believing for a great revival to come for their sake. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what's going to happen to this nation. I don't know what's going to happen to the nation. But the one thing I do know is that Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. I know that to be true. And the devil can release every demonic force he wants to out of hell, but they will not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. They will not prevail. Jesus was building his church. Listen, the president, Washington, D.C., our governor, whoever, they're not building the church. Jesus is building his church. Thank God he's building his church. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, I wrote this down last night, thinking about how our nation is staggering right now and it's about to collapse. Our our nation may collapse, but I'm here to tell you today that the church will never collapse. The church, the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ will never collapse, friend. I know everything looks kind of dark and bleak around us, but you as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against you and you will not collapse. You will make it. You will keep strong. You will have courage and you're going to see God just bring revival in your life. Hallelujah. I speak that over you right now in the name of Jesus. Do it, God. We need the power of God. We need the manifestation of God's presence in our lives. We need to take advantage of what we have in front of us right now and we have an opportunity to repent of our sins and turn back to God. And listen, when we turn back to Jesus, you know what happens when we turn back to Him? That opens up a door for revival to come. Friend, listen to me. If you are in sin, you need to turn from that and turn back to the Lord. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to pray right now for all of us, just a prayer of repentance. How about bowing with me? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, please forgive us of our sins. Forgive the the sin of the church. God, forgive us, God, of turning our backs on you. God, we make a declaration to you and a confession to you today, God, that we have sinned. But God, we know you're faithful and just. And God, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness for your name's sake. God, do it. God, forgive us as a church, the body of Christ. God, I pray for our nation. Forgive us of the sins of this nation. God, forgive us, God, of making mockery of your house and your your church, your body. God, help us, Lord, right now, Lord. Cleanse us. Restore us, O God. Lord, bring revival right now. In your name, Jesus, we pray, Lord. Please forgive us. Amen. 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 There's a price before revival, and there's also the preconditions of revival. I'm moving quickly, I promise. The preconditions of revival. If you read in, in, uh, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, you're going to find three words that really... Uh, they're not there they are there but the preacher comes out when you see these words we like to use the same letter or things like that so we see three preconditions for revival in 2 Chronicles 7.14 you see three H's you see humility you see hunger and you see holiness the first one you see is humility he says in there if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, I got a news flash for you today. News alert coming across the screen right now. God will never bless a prideful people. He will never bless a prideful preacher. He will never bless prideful leadership. He will never bless a prideful church. Pride is dangerous. Pride will cause you to think that you don't even need the Lord in your life. Pride will cause you to focus on yourself. Pride would cause you to look to your own strength instead of the strength of God. Pride will cause you not to pray. Pride will cause you to exalt yourself above others and most of all above God. Pride... Pride will cause you to boast in your own goodness instead of the goodness of God. Friend, listen to me. Pride will keep you from experiencing the manifestation of the presence of God in your life. Pride will destroy you. Pride will destroy you. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Listen to me, church. We, we, we must humble ourselves. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. In other words, you need to humble yourself. I need to humble myself because one thing we don't want, we don't want the Lord to humble us because he'll humble you. And you won't like that. He does it out of love. He says, humble yourselves. And we need to be humble. And humble doesn't mean you walk around in weakness. Being humble means that you're willing to bow down before God Almighty and you're willing to admit that Jesus Christ, without you, I can do nothing. You're willing to bow down before God and say, Lord, I am nothing. I'm at the bottom. Here I am, Lord. Use me. You're willing to bow before the Lord and admit, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill me so I can live a life of boldness for the glory of God being humble is about bowing before God and admitting that you desperately need Jesus how many of you desperately need Jesus in your life come on we desperately need Jesus in our life we need the Lord God requires us to walk in humility listen to what Peter said he was talking to the church he says clothe yourselves with humility toward one another clothe yourselves in humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time friend if we want to be lifted up in these last days if we want to be lifted up in due time God's people are going to have to bow down and humble ourselves before the Lord God help us to not be prideful people Here's another condition. The condition is hunger. He says, seek my face. Seek my face is a picture of somebody who's hungry for the presence of God. I ask you this morning, are you hungry for the presence of God? Are you hungry for the presence of God? I feel like most Christians today are not hungry for the presence of God. We're more hungry for the things of this world that are around us than we are hungry for God. And revival is only going to come when there's a spiritual hunger for us to seek the face of God, the presence of God. And I ask you again, are we hungry? Are we hungry for a move of God? Are you hungry to see souls saved? Are you hungry to see your family come to Jesus Christ? 
Are, are, are you hungry for, for the church to begin to walk into supernatural power like their early church walked in and we would see a manifestation of healing and of deliverance and, and the power of God in our times together as we come as brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you hungry for a move of God? Are you, are you hungry today for people to be healed? Are you hungry to see people set free from demonic strongholds? Are you hungry for the fire of God? Are you hungry for the power of God? Are you hungry for the glory of God? Lord, I pray that you would make your people, Lord, your people make us hungry, God, for you. Your word says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. God, make us hungry. There's humility. There's hunger and then there's holiness. He says, turn from your wicked ways. Friend, I want to remind you again this morning that God is a God of His love and His grace and His mercy, but He is a holy God. He is a holy God. And He's, he's he saved us that we would live a life separated, consecrated, holy unto Him. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, Paul says, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God this is your spiritual act of worship listen to me please we must we must live a holy life we must pursue holiness and flee from sin let me say that again pursue holiness and flee from sin pursue holiness and flee from sin Pursue holiness and flee from sin. Pursue holiness and flee from sin. Pursue holiness because God requires holiness. Pursue holiness because holiness makes us a reflection of Jesus Christ. Pursue holiness because it makes us light to a lost world. Thank God that God gives us the, 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 the help that we need to surrender, to live a holy life. We value holiness. We value holiness. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's scripture. Without holiness, God, make your people holy, holy. We need God to make us holy. We were thinking, I heard several times while we were at camp meeting, you know, talking about living for God and glorifying Him and living a holy life pleasing unto God and how we need the Holy Spirit to help us to do that, that He regenerates our life and He renews our life. And thank God He does because have you ever been to Walmart? Hallelujah. Yeah. I've heard that many times at camp meeting this week. There was a Walmart anointing at camp meeting. But you know what? I thought about something. How awesome the Holy Spirit is to come alongside of us. You know, the Bible says that he comes alongside of us to, to help us. And, and the perfect illustration of this was uh, my wife and I, we had to go to Walmart this past weekend. And we got ready to pull up there in the parking lot. And, and I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit just comes alongside of you and helps you uh, in those times you need him to help you. And my wife, we got ready to pull in, and she just kind of tapped me on the leg. She said, you stay in the car. I got this. <laughs> I said, that's the Holy Spirit right there. Glory to God. But the Holy Spirit will help you live a holy life. He'll help you live a holy life. God, help us to walk out these preconditions. I, I listen, if, if we're going to experience revival in a personal way, and you've all lifted your hand saying you want it, and we all want that revival for our church in a corporate way, we all want it for the church, 
we must be willing and I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to steal a word from my friend Jeff Smith we must be willing to participate in this revival we must be willing to participate in, in, in walking in humility we must begin to participate in walking with a hunger for God we must be willing to participate uh, for us to be able to uh, walk in a holy life with our thoughts holy to God and our deeds holy to God we need to have a we need to be able to participate friend it's going to require you to participate he shared that word Wednesday night in the youth service at Falcon and it was powerful that word just stuck with me that we have to be willing to participate if you want this revival to come to you in a personal way you have to be willing to participate and how is that going to happen you must humble yourself before the Lord you must hunger for God and, and then you got to walk in the holiness of God and how many of you want that I want it are you willing to participate Jeff great word the other night brother I was right there with the teenagers just like one of the teenagers they thought I was a teenager that was an awesome word and I want to leave you with this last this last word here and we're getting ready to pray if you guys can come on up and help me uh, those that are going to be playing the keyboard the price we pay before revival the preconditions of revival and then we see the power of revival the power of revival here's what the Lord said he says if you will humble yourselves and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways that he will hear from heaven and heal the land aren't you thankful that God hears our prayers Every, every prayer that's been prayed in the past right up until present day every prayer that was prayed along those routes on the way to that prayer for the heart of America every prayer that we prayed in our prayer services every prayer that we prayed at our FaceTime prayer gathering every prayer God has heard our prayers and he says I will hear I will hear their prayers and I will heal their land and friend only the power of God can heal this land Listen to me. Washington, D.C. will never heal this land. No political party will ever heal this land. Our governor will not heal this land. This preacher and any other preacher will not heal this land. Only God will heal the land. The power of God will heal the land. The power of God will heal the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All we have to do is trust in Him. Trust in Him. He says, I will heal their land and I will forgive their sins. I don't know about you, but when I read that right there, I could read it all day long. He will forgive our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Lord, that you're the only one that can heal our land, heal our homes, heal our hearts. You're the only one that can heal our communities. You're, you're the only one that can heal that racial divide in our nation. You're the only one that can heal from the injustices that we have seen all across this nation and all out throughout the world. You're the only one that can heal this land, God, of all the tragedy. God, may your power come. Your power come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He is the God of revival. And I say today, do it again, Lord. 
do it again in my life. I'm giving credit to Dr. Billy Graham for this statement I'm about to make because I believe I read it in one of his books. But if I'm off with my source, God knows. He says, if you want revival to come, here's what you need to do. He says, if you really want a true revival to come, what you need to do is draw a circle around yourself and say, here I am, Lord, revive me. We're good about pointing to somebody else and saying, you know what, they need revival in their life. They need revival in their life. They need revival in their life. But you know what? We need to draw a circle around ourselves and say, Lord, here I am. Revive me. Revive me. Revive me and give me a humble spirit. Revive me, Lord, and help me to walk in humility. Revive me and give me a new hunger for you, God. Revive me that I would walk a holy life pleasing unto you. Revive me, Lord, because I refuse to leave, I refuse to live an empty life. I refuse to live a cold life. I refuse to live a, a lukewarm life. I want the fire of God to fall on me. I want the fire of God to fall on this church family. I want the fire of God to fall on the church here in America. God, revive us, please, oh God. Do it for your glory, God. Do it for your glory. May your fire and glory fall and fill this place. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you bless the pastor one more time and, and would you be willing just to say, you know what, I'm, I'm here and I, and I want this revival. Would you just be willing to lift your hand up right now and say, that's me, I want that revival. Oh, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you, God, for a church full of people who want that revival. You can put your hands down. For some of you, that very first step in revival may be that you need to give your life to Jesus Christ today. You may need to come to the cross because you've never asked for forgiveness of your sin. It starts by just admitting that you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all of us. But if you just admit that you're a sinner and that you would believe that God sent His Son, Jesus, you believe that, right? Jesus came to this earth. He, he was put on a cross and hung there and He died. Listen to me. He really died. He died for every one of us. He died. And they put him down in a grave because he was dead. And three days later, he was raised back to life. And he is alive. And he says in his word that because he lives, you can live forever too in a place called heaven, friend. Aren't you thankful for that today? Hallelujah. Revival, revival needs to start with some of you by just saying right now, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I need you to save me. I trust in the cross. I believe in the empty grave. And I'm putting my faith in you today to be my Savior and to be my Lord of my life. I give you my life right now. I'm surrendering. I'm committing everything to you, Jesus. Some of you need to do it right now. Right there where you are. Just do it right now. I'm, I surrender, Jesus. I'm committing my life to you. I thank you for loving me enough that you would die in my place. I thank you that you were raised from the dead. I thank you that heaven is in my future because my faith is in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I had a gentleman come to me after the first service. He came to the altar to let me know he had made that confession and commitment to Christ. I pray somebody here today would come forward and be willing to admit that you've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Maybe for the first time or maybe you're just rededicating your life back to him because you want revival. And you as a church, let me just say this to you. 
please don't forget what I'm about to say to you right now. Listen, we are just passing through this place we're in right now. You realize that, right? This is not home. <laughs> there's, there's a price that we're going to pay. Yes, I'll, I'll just tell you, I believe and I truly believe this, that the price is going to be even greater than what we can even imagine. But don't lose heart and don't let your hearts be troubled because, friend, Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. And one day he's coming back and he's going to take us to be where, there where he is. And we're just going through this place as, as, as pilgrims passing through. And we're going to be on the other side one day. So listen, don't lose hope. There's something better to come. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. Listen to me. I want you to join with me right now. And I want to pray for you. That the fire of God would fall upon you. And the glory of the Lord would fill the temple. So somehow, some way, I know there's too many people to gather around this altar. So make the altar right there where you are. In some way, if you can lift your hand, hold your hand out with some kind of act of surrender, I'm asking you to do it right now. Would you be willing to do it? Are you brave enough to pray that you want revival for your life? Father, we thank you right now, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Spirit of God, that you're here right now. And I'm praying that you would feel your people. Feel every one of us right now with your power. God, I pray for those that have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, that right now they would be baptized. They would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That every one of us would have a new uh, uh, refilling in our own lives, God, that we can walk, God, in your power, in your boldness, God, and that we can walk a life surrendered to you. God, may your fire fall on us right now. May your glory fill your temple right now. Hallelujah. Lord, do it in me. Do it in every believer here. Do it in every one of them that are watching online right now. May the glory of the power of God fill every temple that's watching online right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we're trusting you, God, that you would just revive your church. Help us, God. Help us, God. Please help us, God, to humble ourselves. Help us to walk in hunger for you, God for your presence and help us God to walk in holiness revive us oh God just make that your prayer right there where you are right now just say revive me revive me oh God the word of God says revive us again oh Lord that we may rejoice revive us again that your people may rejoice revive us again oh God revive us this is a word for you today listen to me please revive us with courage Revive us with courage. Listen to me, church. You need to be revived with courage. You're going to need courage. You're going to need courage. Revive us, God, with your love. We're going to need love, church. You're going to need the love of God. When everybody else's love grows cold, we're going to have the fire of God burning love in us. Hallelujah. Oh, God, revive us in love. Revive us in strong, strong faith. Listen to me, church. You're going to need to be revived with a strong faith like never before. A strong faith like never before. God, revive us with it right now. Revive us, Lord. And may your fire fall upon us. And may your glory fill your temple. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do it, God. 
do it do it in me do it in every church member here oh God we need you desperately yes Lord yes Lord we surrender come on just declare it right now we surrender we surrender Lord we surrender your will your will your will your ways your plan your purpose whatever it may be Lord here I am Lord use me send me I'm willing I'm willing I'm willing oh God help me in your name Lord we pray these things